Dialectical Behavior Therapy was created in the 1980s by Marsha Linehan in Seattle, Washington. Today, DBT is taught all over the world. We're two therapists who believe everyone can benefit from DBT skills. I'm Kate. I'm Michelle. And And this this is is DBT and Me. Hello, everybody. Hello. We're so glad you guys are here. Yippee. Another monthly episode that I will just (laughs) self-disclose took Kate and I a while to get here tonight. With a lot of so technical issues that we're going drunk through. There, Michelle. <laughs> I already am a little punch drunk. I'm just glad we're able to record because we almost were not able to record tonight. True we're making story. We'll have to see if you sound yes. any different because tonight Michelle is not using using her usual recording device. Yes, I am recording in a totally different manner on the fly so that we can make this episode happen. And we're going to mix things up right away from how we have done things in the past. And I'm going to tell a little bit of a story with why we have moved awkward self-promotion around and why we're no longer calling it awkward (laughs) self-promotion like we have for every episode prior to this one. Uh, Kate and I, as you all probably know by now, we have a second podcast called The Couch and the Chair. And we recently recorded an episode for that podcast, and our topic that we chose was imposter syndrome. So we spent the whole episode talking about (laughs) our own fears, insecurities, self-doubt around our personal lives and our professional lives, being business owners and entrepreneurs and all of this. And we realized that we wanted to bring a different energy to the part of the podcast where we promote ourselves. We have always called it awkward self-promotion because, because it, it feels has fucking awkward. awkward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's felt weird to us from the beginning to basically ask for support and to try to talk about or name the things that we are doing. And we want to change that. And so instead of calling it awkward self-promotion, we are now calling it awesome self-promotion so cheesy it's so cheesy it is no lie um kind of love it (laughs) just the closest word we could think of you know awkward awesome uh fairly similar sounding and we decided to shift when we do it to doing it at the beginning of the episodes instead of at the end so This is the only time you're going to get this detailed of a preamble to it, but we just (laughs) didn't want you all to be surprised when we now start doing the self-promotion at the beginning. (laughs) I swear I started this episode at the beginning. Why are they talking about self-promotion? Yeah. Exactly. They always do that right before closing moment. Well, not anymore. So I'm going to do the self-promotion bit and then tell you what we're all talking about today. And we're going to get the ball rolling on this episode officially. So. First thing is that we have some patrons to shout out. We have two patrons, to be specific, and they are Rhonda and Henry. So thank you, Rhonda and Henry. Thank you. Yes, we really appreciate you both. And you can become a patron and support what we're doing on the podcast by going to patreon.com slash dbtandme. You can check out our Etsy shop uh, by searching for dbtandme on Etsy. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you can write us a review or leave us a rating, which we super appreciate. And if you have any questions for us or anything that you're curious about or want to know, you can reach out by emailing us at dbtmepodcast at gmail.com. And Kate's doing a happy dance. Do you have something to insert, Kate? Yes, the YouTube channel. Oh, yeah. I totally forgot. (laughs) That is a new thing to promote. So we now have a YouTube channel also where all of the podcast episodes like are. Like and subscribe. If you have... <laughs> yes, like and subscribe to us on YouTube. I'm totally going to have to add that into our notes. So yeah, you can check us out on YouTube. And if you know somebody in your life who's not a big podcast person but could benefit from listening, they can find us there. 
And then, as I already mentioned, we have a second podcast called The Couch and the Chair. So if you're wanting to hear more from us, you can search for that on whatever platform you are currently listening on. I think I hit all the boxes. I think you did. Lots of boxes to hit. We have a lot of things that we're promoting. We do. <laughs> Look at how awesome we are that we have so much to promote. A lot to promote, indeed. There you go. Awesome self-promotion. <laughs> yeah, fairly awesome self-promotion. And our topic for tonight, Kate came up with this idea a number of months ago, and I really liked it, which is that we wanted to devote an episode to revisiting the interpersonal effectiveness module. In the interpersonal effectiveness module, there's the three big skill, big skills, excuse me, of dear man, give, and fast. And in each of those episodes, when we originally recorded them, except we did not with give and give, we did not do any kind of role play or demonstration of the skill. We did for dear man and we did for fast, but we thought it would be really helpful to create an episode devoted to just giving more examples of how to use these skills. We get lots of questions about these skills. <laughs> and so what we're going to do tonight is go one by one through each of them. And we're going to do two different role plays for each skill. So Kate's going to role play and I'm going to role play. And at the end of this, you're going to have six examples total that will hopefully help if you've had some questions about what it looks like to actually use these interpersonal effectiveness skills in real life. Hopefully this will shed some light on what that can look like and help clarify how you can use these skills yourself in various situations. Yeah. That's our hope with this episode. Fingers crossed. I mean, there's nothing to be done about the fact that scripted uh, role plays are never going <laughs> to feel or flow quite like uh, nature. Mm -hmm. um, but I will say, especially with the first one, so I'm going to jump right in with doing a tiny little review of what Deer Man is. The purpose of the Deer Man skill this is meant mainly for asking for things. It can also be used to say no to things, though Michelle and I both, I think, prefer fast for saying no to things. But technically, Dear Man is flexible, but I really see it as the asking for what you want or need in whatever relationship it is that you're addressing in that moment. The letters stand for Describe, Express, Assert, Reinforce. Mindfully appear confident <laughs> and uh, negotiate, right? So you may have noticed that other than the negotiate, part of the man is more part of the man. Oh, sounds so silly to say. Um, is <laughs> right. The man um is to more how you're doing it than what you're doing precisely. Um, but I suppose they couldn't make Dern. Right, like, as a <laughs> Dern Ma, <laughs> I guess is what it would have been otherwise. <laughs> Actually, I kind of like that one. Um, but right, so this is a basic idea, right? This is meant to be relatively brief, which is actually one of the things I wanted to say before I jump into the role play. You're gonna be like, oh, Michelle and Kate are keeping these short because they're recording an episode, and that makes sense. They just sort of want to wham bam get through it, right? No, I mean yes, I suppose, but no. Um, these are these are actually meant to be relatively brief, right? I think one of the biggest pitfalls that I noticed, and you chime in here, Michelle, if you disagree, but with Dear Man, is people kind of going on? Yes. <laughs> yes, they spend a lot of time on the describe or a lot of time on the on express, the express. Yep. and it loses its power. Yeah, it muddies it up, right? It gets confusing. It's not direct. It's not to the point. Realistically, I don't know about you, but when I'm rambling, I rarely appear confident, <laughs> right? And so, yeah, you, I just wanted to dispel that from the beginning. These are short, but they're short because they're meant to be. Uh, not just because of the constraints of Michelle and mine's time <laughs> this evening. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, for DMN, we're both going to model using the skill, the one that, or the scenario in which I'm going to attempt the skill is essentially asking my boss for a raise. Michelle will be my boss. <laughs> How exciting. You're not the boss of me. No, the... <laughs> Uh, and yeah, we'll, we'll go from there. So, <clears throat> hey, Michelle. Hi, 
Hi, Kate. How are things going? You know, not too bad in some regards, but there is actually something that I was hoping to discuss with you today, if you have a moment. Uh, sure. What's going on? Excellent. Thanks so much for your time. So I've been here five years now, and I've only received one raise in that time. This is making it really financially difficult for me to actually remain at this job, in this company, as well as honestly being emotionally disheartening due to feeling as though I'm not valued. Um, I would ask for a raise that is at least enough to catch up with the change in cost of living since I received my last raise three years ago. Uh, if that can happen, I see myself being able to stay with the company for much longer. Is that something you can do? I mean, Kate, it's just, it's, it's, re it's really tough right now. You know that we've had a lot of people leave and we're having to then, you know, the costs of hiring new people on. I just, I, I, I really don't know if that's in the cards right now. I can appreciate that. Obviously, you know, I do see kind of what's been going on to the company. And I know that three years worth of cost of living as a raise all at once could maybe be financially difficult. So I would be willing to accept basically a series of smaller raises over the next year if the company can't do that entire raise all at once? Uh, I mean, it's it's possible. I'd really have to check with some people higher up and, and see what we can do. Uh, I mean, I know. I, you, you're a good employee, and it has been a while since your last raise. I, I get it. I understand where you're coming from. So I'll, I'll see what I can do. I can't make any guarantees, but I'll try. I appreciate that. Thanks, Michelle. And thanks again for your time. Sure. Ta-da! The end. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Your turn. Only I don't know what you're going to say because I at least took notes, Michelle. Yeah, I did not take any notes. <laughs> I don't have the Dear Man script here written out for myself. So um, Michelle's on so hard mode. <laughs> yeah, I'm making this up as I go along. So the scenario that we're now going to be playing out is, let's say that Kate is my partner. And Kate's been coming home from work late a lot. And I'm going to be asking her to see if she can come home more on time at the end of the day. Okay. Okay. So let's say you walk in the door, Kate. Here coming I am. home from work. <laughs> Hey, honey, I'm home. Hey. Oh, hey. C can you come in here real quick so we can shop for a minute? Uh, sure. You don't sound so happy. What's up? Well, I just, I've noticed that, you know, for the last four nights this week, you've been coming home more than 30 minutes late from when you typically do. And it's honestly, like, I'm, star I'm starting to worry about you when you're not coming home on time and I'm not hearing from you. So I would just really appreciate it if you were able to come home earlier like you typically do. That would just really mean a lot to me to have us spend more time together in the evenings if you got home sooner. I mean, you know, I love time with you. I love being at home. That said, the boss has been asking extra time of me. You know, I, I definitely am not avoiding home, but I don't, I don't know if I can get here any sooner in the near future just because of the demands at work. Do you know how long those demands are going to be on the table for? Like for the next week or like the next month or when things are going to go back to normal? I think the boss had said that this sprint is going to last about another two weeks, unfortunately. Okay. Well, I mean, that's good to know that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. But maybe if you're able to just send me a quick text when you're leaving. So then I, I know when you're actually on your way. That would really mean a lot to me. Yeah, I could do that or yeah, let you know when I leave work or just let you know maybe at the end of the day about how long they think they're going to be needing us for extra just so you're not. Yeah, worrying. that would really help. Then I can plan dinner and know when you're going to get here. So yeah, I, I would really like that. Okay, I'll do my best to communicate better. Thanks. I like how I'm making the facial the expressions. <laughs> the end. Ta-da. Um, no, good job on the fly there, Michelle. I could notice all Thanks. the letters. Um, let's see. A few things to notice. I noticed that both you and I, to an extent, I think we're focusing on our downtones, which I think is something we mentioned originally in the Dear Man episode, but it's super important to that A, right? That appearing confident bit. Uh, you know, if mm -hmm. every sentence that we were saying, whether it was a question or not, was going up, 
right? I'd like a raise. I haven't gotten one in the last three years, right? If that could happen, mm-hmm. then that really undermines the, uh, yeah, that sense of being, you know, confident or at least seeming so. <laughs> so that's something I noticed we did well. Was there something you noticed we did well or something you noticed that maybe we could do better since we don't practice the actual role play of these too often? I think we both did a good job. I, because Dear Man doesn't touch on this, but I think it's important. And we both naturally do it a little bit. <laughs> and I think we did this in the Dear Man episode too, is there's this opener mm-hmm. a little bit. Before mm-hmm. we even do the Dear Man, there's this opener of, hey, do you have a minute? Hey, can you come in here so we can talk? There's that little opening piece. And it might seem silly, but it is really important when you're making a request of someone to make sure that the person actually has time and to willingness yeah. to hear you. You know, like in my example, if Kate had come in the door and if I was like, hey, can you come in here? We can chat a little bit. And Kate was like, no, I, I really got to go take a shower or like, I have to go to the restroom. I can come back down in a few minutes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it would not probably go over so well if the minute Kay walks in the door and she's like, hi, honey. And I'm like, hey, so it's really been bothering me, right? Or like, (laughs) you can tell me complain every night this week. Don't just launch into the dear man without making sure that it's a good timing and that you can get the, uh, you know, a gauge a read a little bit on where the other person is at and if they might be open to it. If your gut feeling is that they are not in a place to hear your dear man, it may be in your best interest to wait. Yeah, if at all <laughs> until <possible>. a more <laughs> Yeah, until a better opportunity comes up. Otherwise you're uh, kind of I setting yourself think, up, I think. Yeah, totally. It's just not gonna be as well received. Even if you do it really well, yeah. It might not be well received. The other thing that I think is interesting is that, and we say this in groups all the time, we probably said this in the Dear Man episode, but the end piece, the negotiating piece, you spend about as much, if not more time on that one letter than you do on the whole Dear. Yeah. And we did that negotiating piece pretty quickly for the sake of the examples. There you go. Fair enough. But that part is shorter for the examples than it might that be That part real is life. shorter. <laughs> yeah. And it still is a key, key piece of this skill. And so just don't be surprised if you spend a lot of time on the end. People typically do a lot of preparation for the deer. Yeah. They get that opening part down. But if you haven't thought at all about the end, then that's when you can get really hung up and potentially risk not having your request be, uh, what am I trying to say? Accepted. Like basically happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I would say, like, you tell me if you, what you think, but, um, which I've said like five times already somehow today, the, <laughs> uh, I would say prepare at least three alternatives for the negotiate if you're gonna if you're really Mm -hmm. sitting down to prepping and not doing it on the fly to like sort of use dear man to organize your thoughts but it's a conversation they're actually preparing you know to go into i think three rebuttals can is nice past that you might just be like let's table this for a minute and we can come back to it later right Mm because just be like offer a thing no offer a thing no ask for a thing no right like you're both gonna get frustrated (laughs) if you go through that you know too many times um and but i think you know being ready to come up with at least two or three alternatives and i like it because i think you know mine was still getting the same thing but over you know i just had it go out for a longer period of time i thought yours was great because you had to sort of pivot around me saying like not actually possible just can't do the thing at all so you changed your ask entirely to mm-hmm. still address the same emotional thing right you know the basically the part of the express <laughs> something that still addressed that for you uh but yeah i you know we only pushed back once that is for time um but i think having two or three in your back pocket if you have time to prepare is a good idea mm-hmm. i would agree with that i think that's a good that's a good rule of thumb and isn't there something about doing the reinforce again too like if you need to um I believe so. Something about that rings 
about for me. <laughs> I honestly think I was just conceptualizing it this way as we're talking about the negotiating part of this. When it's time to negotiate, and so, right, you do the deer. <laughs> as you do the deer, you're doing it in a mindful, appearing confident sort of way. You do the deer. And the person might instantly say yes, right? And me as Kate's boss, I might have instantly been like, absolutely, yes, we would love to give you a raise. And the raise that you're asking for is completely reasonable. We will get that going. And then Kate doesn't need to negotiate at all. She's getting exactly what she asked for. No problem there. <laughs> but I was actually just thinking about it with the negotiating piece when it's time to do that. If you do get a no answer in any kind of way, honestly, switch gears a little bit to fast. <laughs> mm -hmm. Because you do want to make sure that you're being fair to yourself and the other mm -hmm. person. And we're going to be getting into all of this in just a little bit. But you don't want to apologize. You want to make sure that you're sticking to your values and being truthful about what's mm -hmm. okay for you and what's not okay for you. And I really think that in my example, with you coming home late from work, I had to be fair to you. Yeah. It wouldn't have been fair if you're like, the boss is telling me I have to work overtime for the next two weeks for me to be like, absolutely not. <laughs> like, I need you home at six o'clock. I don't care. <laughs> that wouldn't have been fair to you. Yeah. So it was this consideration of, okay, you're in this position. Well, how can I still get my needs met while you're stuck? And then you're, you were trying to do that too, though, of like, well, maybe a smaller raise over time instead of this big raise at once, so that's going to be too much of the, on the company. So it really brings in some elements of fast when you're negotiating. That's true. I also think like in retrospect, because of course, retrospect, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, and all that, um, that we, neither one of the pushbacks that we gave did a great job of maybe provoking the other person to really have to practice the mindful bit in the like stay on the one topic like don't oh, get diverted kind of thing so it could have mm -hmm. been something like if you're like you've been coming home late and it's making me unhappy i could be like why does it matter if i'm coming home late not like you ever get dinner on the table on time right <laughs> like true i could have been antagonistic and you know tried to divert us onto another topic which would have given us more of an opportunity to showcase the m which That's I did not point. think about when mm. I was scripting my part. But well, that's something we'll have to keep in mind for future. Yeah, who knows? Maybe we'll just groups. keep doing role play stuff too. Oh, that's true. You're right. I don't think we do that much in groups either, do we? Mm -mm. We try to be really nice with the <laughs> pushback, but that is a really good point that when you have pushback that has that specific flavor of diverting. <laughs> Mm -hmm. and completely changing topics, right? Like the boss wanting to, I don't know, perhaps be like, well, Kate, you, you know, you called out sick X number of times or there have been yep. these concerns I've had about your performance. Well, one could make the argument that perhaps that is on topic because it's stating reasons for you not getting a raise. But at the same time, that could be a totally separate conversation. Yep. <laughs> about performance later let's keep it about the raise yes right. or no which could be the right same now. thing you're like we can discuss your issues with my dinner delivery service at a later time i'm yes. you know we're sticking to this for now right so yeah i, yes. I just don't i guess we didn't do that <laughs> yeah oh well well hey look at how nice learn, we are see you next time <laughs> all right well speaking of being nice oh yes good segue okay the next one we're talking about is give. So as a reminder with give, the four letters stand for being gentle, acting interested, validating, and using an easy manner. So we use give for so many situations. Give is a great default when it comes to communication because Give is going to be used whenever we're wanting to improve a relationship that we have with someone. So when you think about the relationships that you have in your life, whether it's with a partner or a friend or a family member or a coworker, 
Most of the time, the purpose of communicating is that we just want to connect. We want to bond with the other people that we have in our lives. And give is the way to do that. Give can also specifically be great when you are needing to apologize to someone or repair a rupture that's happened in a relationship. It can also be really great when you are meeting someone new and you're trying to get to know them and you're trying to get a relationship started. Give could be really great for that too, to help the other person feel comfortable with you and to show that you're somebody that they might want to get to know better. Uh, for this role play, we are going to do this the same way that we do in our DBT groups. What we do in our DBT groups is we split participants off into pairs. And what we tell them to do, we set a timer. <laughs> I think we set the timer for like somewhere between three to five minutes. And we tell person number one to talk about something, anything that's going on in their life. They get to just talk about it for three to five minutes. And then person number two gets to practice give. So they get to be gentle and act interested and validate and use an easy manner with person number one. And then the roles reverse. Now, this is a little difficult in the podcast because so much of acting interested is about body language. Yeah. And... You all can't see Kate and I, so you're not going to really know <laughs> if we're practicing the I, <laughs> but hopefully you'll really be able to pick out some validating statements that we're going to give each other. And here are a couple things that are, you know, easy manner type of comments and just in general feel like the whole thing is really gentle. Um, as a reminder of what easy manner is, easy manner <laughs> is... Basically trying to just be yourself, be real, be you. If it's appropriate, add in a little bit of humor. That's really what we're talking about with easy manner. I didn't really give a refresher on what we mean by that, but easy manner is not a common term used in everyday language. So we're just going to take turns doing that. Kate is first going to talk about something going on in her life, and then we're going to switch, and I'm going to talk about something in my life, and each of us are going to just be really validating for the other. Um. Okay, let's see. What do I want to talk about? So, Michelle, you know that uh, Robert lost his job last mm -hmm. week. Yeah. Um, and the thing, honestly, that is impacting me the most about that is losing the health care plan, like losing the health insurance that we had through that job. Um, it had no deductible, which I'll be honest, I didn't actually know that existed <laughs> until yeah, we got that's it. That's super nice. Right? No <laughs> deductible. I mean, still things like copays and uh, a very low out-of-pocket maximum. Uh, it was just... It was like a Cadillac healthcare plan. It sounds like it. And like a huge weight off your shoulders, I'm huge. sure, to not have to worry about a deductible. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, I've, you know, had a lot of medical... I have and have had a lot of medical issues. So medical debt has been a thing for me. And just the fact that, you know, I actually need a couple of things right now. I need another knee surgery. I would really like a no. breast reduction. And, like, while he had this job, I was like, yes. Like, those things are within reach. And mm -hmm. it would have helped so much of the chronic pain that I'm in. And so yeah. it just is so hard to lose that. Like, I didn't even hardly get enough time with him in that job to interact with having that. Like, I didn't get any time to savor or enjoy those benefits and now yeah. you know stupid healthcare system that we have but i don't even know when like how long we'll be without health insurance which is scary not just for my oh, chronic yeah. medical shit but you know emergencies i've had to have two yes i've had two organs go bad on me and need sudden and imminent removal in my life <laughs> like you know mm -hmm. what if my spleen decides to explode or something um so yeah, it's just really scary and really sad. I find myself like actually grieving kind of for this healthcare plan <laughs> that I was so, so excited about. 
Well, yeah, to have such a good healthcare plan, just be there one day and then basically almost be gone <laughs> overnight the yeah. next because of him losing his job. Yeah, that's, that's really scary to not know what's going to happen next with when you're going to get yeah, new health insurance or what that's going to be. I, exactly. Yeah, I would, I would be super scared too. Thanks. Yeah, the last one had $4,000 deductible. So. Ooh. I don't yeah, you had something back. way better with this one. <laughs> I don't want to go back. And now it's gone. Yeah. Oh. How about you? How's your life these days? Yeah, my life is going pretty well, you know. I'm so glad. Today... Yeah, like th things are going well. Noah, um, my son, you know, he he's basically crawling almost. He's so he's so close to crawling and it's so cool to see. And I just it's I don't cool. know. I <laughs> It's really cool. And I also have like so many emotions about it. Um cuz on the one hand, I'm so proud of him and i'm so <laughs> excited to see him doing this mm -hmm. and on the other hand like my husband and i were having a conversation just earlier today about all the things that we now need to childproof. i was just thinking the same thing like uh oh now <laughs> things are within reach so if he's mobile you can't just leave shit laying around anymore yeah and he's like not good at crawling yet uh, so yeah. he he kind of starts to crawl, but then he like falls over to the side <laughs> or he's not aware that he's moving headlong into the table. So I'm having to pick him up and move him all these different directions to keep him away from stuff. And so it's really exciting to be moving into this new thing. And it's also stressful at the same time. You are living in a dialectic, my friend. <laughs> I truly am. I truly am. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, it's just, they they grow up, I mean, people say this this all the time, it's, it's super cliche, trip. but they really, drew, they really grow up so fast. Every couple weeks, he's doing something different. Yeah. He's talking so much more, he's moving so much more, he's probably going to get a tooth any day. <gasps> really? Yeah, yeah, he's, he's drooling a bunch, and I thought I saw something this morning, but I'm not 100% sure if it's starting yet or not, but like... He's just changing so much and I'm loving it. And it's also hard to keep up with <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> yeah, no, it makes sense, right? Your life is so full because of mm -hmm. the joys and wonders that are being a mom and also being an entrepreneur and running all this other stuff that yeah. some, like the thing that needs you to take time to make things better is also the thing eating up all your time so you can't. And I'm sure that's a bit of a struggle of like, yeah, no, I have to watch you, but I also have to like, I have to get this house ready <laughs> so that, you know, it's not a deadly thing around every corner. It sounds, yeah, yeah. like you said, just a, just a hodgepodge of excitement mm -hmm. and worry to put together. Yes, it's definitely, definitely both of those things. For sure. The end. Okay. Yeah, that seems like a good place to stop. And I, I hope it was very clear to all listening when I was validating Kate and then Kate <laughs> put the ball in my court and then she validated me. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think, I think what stood out to me about this is that both of us did a really good job about keeping it on the other person's experience when they were talking. This is something we talk about in our groups a lot when we're discussing give, perhaps something we shared in the episode when we recorded it, but it's about the other person. And don't get me wrong, there are lots of times where you're in a conversation with somebody and it's going to be really back and forth. It's not necessarily clearly about one person or the other. But there are these circumstances where you do really want to put the spotlight on the other person. If somebody in your life is going through a hard time and they're calling you up to share about it, or um, again, if you're getting to know somebody new, really try to give them the floor for a little bit without too much interference from you. And I think we both did a good job with that. Like, it's not as if when I was sharing about, oh my gosh, my son is starting to crawl that Kate was like oh yeah I remember when my nephews 
started <laughs> crawling and then went into this whole story about her nephews and how one of them, you know, ran into a table and bonked his head or something. You know, she didn't make it about her. I didn't make it about me when she was sharing to be like, oh, yeah, you know, that happened too when my husband got laid off, which it did. Like, I've been where Kate's been. <laughs> but I didn't go into telling a story about that. And neither did Kate. We both really kept it about the other person. So so that stood out to me with with doing this. Um, and there was something else that I was about to say, but for some reason it's slipping my mind. Probably because I back. distracted you by getting up and letting the cat in in the middle of your sentence. Yes, I see. Cute, cute Jin on your lap. <laughs> Boy, it's been so annoying today. Uh, <laughs> to be honest. Yes, you have been. Um... Yeah, no, I know. I like that, too. Uh, I do think, you know, the the wanting to chime in with your own stuff is so natural, right? That mm-hmm. I think you're right. That is definitely one of the things we have to steer people away from the most in groups is like, I get it. You want to join with that person, right? Like, that's how you want to show that you're paying attention and that you're with them. But it can be really easy to just get lost in your own contribution and steal the show, steal the conversation, um, so when you're consciously and intentionally practicing give, as Michelle was talking about, really focusing in on um, the other person, uh, I know like, you pointed out they can't see us, mm-hmm. but um, especially when we're in the middle of a story, a lot of give is silent, right? Mm-hmm. Or a very quiet little mm-hmm and oh and oh, right? Little onomatopoeias. Uh, but a lot of it's facial expression and nodding and leaning in. Eye contact. Yeah, right. And so I just noticed, I mean, to be honest, Michelle, if either one of us were bad at give, we need new professions. But the <laughs> we do it day in and day out. We do it day in and day out. Um, but yeah, I'd say the the not running away with the story yourself is one of the big hard, you know, parts of practicing give that may not be natural to how we always converse without thinking about it. Um, and I think that silence and a silence that ideally isn't, isn't waiting. Does that make sense? Like, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if you could tell with me, or I could certainly, I think, tell with you, but I'm certainly guilty of not doing this sometimes where you're, you know, you're listening to someone else talk, but really you're just waiting to say the next thing you have to say. Like you've got your words all queued up. And that's kind of where you are living is in your own mind, waiting to say your thing. And yeah, again, I've so totally been guilty of this myself. So no stones being thrown here. Um, but that can really undermine give, I think. Right. Mm-hmm. Is because um, you're not really appearing interested necessarily. Right. Sometimes that kind of mindset can show in a like less leaning in, you know, less intrigued looking facial expressions. Um, so while that's, this is something, you know, entirely internal to watch out for as a, as a pitfall of give, I think really trying to not pre-plan your responses, right? Like just being in the moment, listening to the person and when they pause, right? When it's time for you to respond, then say something, right? Instead of like, all right, I'm going to say this. 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 When are they going to stop talking so I can say this? So I, I don't know how to say that stood out for me, but it was something I was thinking about as something that can be difficult about the skill that I wanted to bring up. Um, and I do think sometimes there are external cues when that's where someone's brain is. And I didn't notice that in either one of us, at least. So <laughs> pats on our back, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Did you remember the thing you were thinking that. of before? I did remember it. Uh, The other pitfall that Kate and I see with give sometimes in groups that we've learned over the years of teaching this skill, we have to really explicitly tell people to not do this is to not give give advice. advice. How did I not think of that? You're so right. We see it a lot and people are well-meaning and they're trying to show the other person, I'm so in this with you. I hear how much you're struggling. I have something to offer that I think could really help. Yep, exactly. I want to help. I want to be here for you. That's what people are trying to convey. But it takes, again, that word spotlight, it takes the spotlight off of the person who's sharing and their struggle and their experience. And it almost is putting the spotlight on yourself 
as the person who knows best for them mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of a thing. And so Kate and I both did not give each other advice. That's true. I did not say to Kate, well, why don't you, you know, have you looked into getting your own health insurance plan while your husband is looking for a job? I didn't say that. Kate wasn't giving me tips on childproofing and being like, oh, well, when you do start childproofing, make sure that you take the tablecloth off of the table so that he doesn't accidentally pull it down on himself, <laughs> right? <No>. Neither <laughs> of us gave advice. We just listened and we just validated. And validation is at the heart of give. I'm just saying, oh, that sounds so hard. And you can say, I said this with Kate. I said, you know, I would feel the same way too about yeah. losing such a great health insurance plan. But that's about as far as it goes. <laughs> Don't try to fix it for the other person because a lot of times there's going to be nuances and context that you don't fully understand. And the other person has probably thought through at length what they can do and may actively be working on solving the quote unquote problem already. And they're not looking for somebody else to try to solve it for them. They just want somebody to listen and understand and just be there. And so that's really the purpose of give. <laughs> so I wanted to point that out too. see the cat right now. Did he just jump down? No, he's, you can't see that arm. He's laying in my lap right now with one arm just sticking oh. straight up in the air. No, I see it. <laughs> <laughs> he's like half upside down and he's like trying to make air muffins with this one hand just straight up. <laughs> Silly oh Jen. Gosh. You're so funny, dude. <laughs> Sorry. I know I interrupted everything, but God, that was so funny. Um, he's I think that was guy. all I had to say, unless you have any final thoughts on give before no, we I think give move on to fast. is in its own way the most straightforward. Um, but, um, yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. See, there you go. Your thoughts drifted off once and my thoughts drifted off once. Good job, our it brains happens. today. <laughs> um, all right. I think we're on to the last one then, which is fast. So, um, for those of you following along at home, um, FAST stands for being fair, no apologies, stick to your values, and be truthful. Um, the general, I'd say the two purposes of FAST are saying no and setting boundaries, which I suppose can sometimes look like saying no too, right? But this idea of I don't know, like holding fast, right? Or standing firm is a lot of what I think about fast being for, right? When someone's trying to push you or pull you or, you know, get you to do a thing that you just don't want. Um, But this is in a very different way, I would say, than a lot of us, and I am saying us, are prone to doing this. Of all of these skills, fast is absolutely the one I'm the worst at in my personal life. Um, I am, as many, um, people who are socialized female in our culture, I'm very prone to apologizing about everything, um, especially saying no to people if they make requests or trying to get me to do something. Um, and I would say not as often, but a time or six in my life, I've not been truthful, right? It's easier to tell a friend, oh, I'm so sorry, I already have plans that night, than it is to say, you know what, I'm just burnt out and don't feel like going out. Right? It's just easier sometimes, right? Like, oh, I don't want to hurt this person's feelings. Right? I don't want them to feel unloved or whatever. Right? So I I definitely think there's a lot of potential pitfalls to fast. And I have certainly been guilty of accidentally apologizing in the middle of role play. Where I'm trying to practice this fast. This one is. It's so hard. Even in front of groups. Like I have at, we, I think both of us actually have totally apologized <laughs> accidentally. Um, and then we start over. We start over. Rewind and we do it again. Um, so we'll see if we have to start over at all tonight. But yeah, you know, fast is, is all about realizing that we have a right to say no and set our boundaries, I think, in the end. Right? We can be fair to them and to ourselves, but without apologizing sticking by our values and being truthful, um, which just is not necessarily the way a lot of us were raised or had things modeled. So yeah, this one, 
Okay, this is right. You get to start by challenging me. All right. I do. And I and I realized when I wrote up the notes for this, you have another work-related example. I do, which I hate, but let's go. <laughs> I'm going to be Kate's boss again. Again. You're still my boss, apparently. You are the boss of me, Michelle. <laughs> I am for this evening, I guess. And I'm going to be asking Kate to work overtime. Kate's going to use fast to tell me no. All right. Here we go. Good luck, me. <laughs> All right. Yeah, here we go. Oh, Kate, I'm so glad you're here. I am really going to need you to work late tomorrow night. Uh, Jessica just called out last minute. And instead of getting off at five, I really am going to need you to stay until eight. It's only three hours. I, I, I really need you to work late tomorrow. Please. It would mean so much. Oh, I hear you. And I absolutely know the bind that you're in. I wish I could help. But the truth is... I'm just not available tomorrow night during those hours, um, and I can't do it. I really need that time so that I can recuperate and get ready for the next day. If I work those extra hours, I'm going to be useless the next day. So, But Kate, you don't start the next day until 11. You're going to have plenty of time, even if you work until 8, to go home and get a good night's rest before you come in the next morning. I hear you, and truth is I have other things that I do in the morning before work that get me up pretty early so I can take care of them in my regular life. Uh, as much as I value you and I value the work we do here, this isn't the whole of my life and I do have other things that I need to be well rested and attend to before work tomorrow morning. Or the okay. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll go check with someone else. Thanks, Michelle. Thanks, Kate. <laughs> yeah, I could keep thanks. it up. I could keep it up. <laughs> All right. On to oh. the next one. I was like, oh, what am I saying? Yeah, here? now Kate's going to okay. push back with me. <laughs> this is a hard one for me to say no to. <laughs> All right, let's see. <clears throat> oh, we, let's let's explain what it is first oh. real quick. Yes. Uh, so Kate, Kate's going to be asking to borrow money from me. Yep. That's the scenario here. I'm going to have to figure out how to use fast to tell her yeah, no. Michelle is my dear, dear friend. I'm going to come and ask her for money. Okay. You ready? All right. Mm -hmm. Oh, hey, Michelle. Hey, Kate. Are you okay? Honestly, not really. Uh, you know, that creep of a boyfriend that you've been warning me about for mm -hmm. a while now. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, well, he took off which might be considered good news, except he devastated my bank account on his way out. Oh, God. Um, yeah. Terrible. I'm really in a bind. And honestly, I'm just hoping that I can borrow some money from you just to get me through until payday next week, if that's at all possible. Yeah. Well, gosh, that really sucks that he left you in this position, but I'm not in a position to help. Oh, I mean, I hear you, but it's just a week, right? Just a week. I, You know me. We've been friends forever. I'm good for it. I can tell you when the payday is. You can come with me to the bank to take the money back. I just, I don't even know what I'm going to do until next Friday if I can't borrow some money. Yeah, I understand that you are in a really tough spot, but I'm worried that if I loaned you money, it would then put me in a tough spot and I I have to make sure that my bills are going to get paid too okay all right I I don't know what I'm going to do but we'll see maybe maybe my parents can help or something I really hope so okay thanks for yeah, nothing sorry <laughs> <laughs> I would never say that well, we both like broke character at the edge <laughs> Ah, okay, let's see. First of all, I think, I think, neither of us apologized. No, I came close, but I held it in. All right, I was like, we did things sort of skirting around the issue. I hear you, I know, that sucks, but we didn't apologize. And yeah, I don't feel like we made up stories. At least, I mean, we're making up stories, but it didn't seem like we were just like, uh, I forgot my banking account number and I cannot give you money. I don't know. 
Yeah. Well, I could explain my internal dialogue perhaps a little oh, bit sure. because when I imagine if this were to play out in real life, yes. right? Like, let's say one of my friends really did just have their partner <laughs> take off and leave them and leave them in a bad financial position. Mm-hmm. Um, like the, the couple things that went through my head, one was being so close to saying, I'm sorry, I can't help you. <laughs> okay. Really close. Yeah. Uh, but two was that I think especially with money, it can be really easy to lie and say, we don't have it. Yeah. It, and maybe sometimes we genuinely don't have it. But let's say we actually do. Yep. And we just don't want to risk giving it to the friend. So I, I went back and forth with what to say. It, it would be legitimately true for myself that if I were to help out financially any of my friends <laughs> to any substantial degree, it would probably then put me in a financial bind. Yeah. That was truthful. But I was also considering as something that would be truthful, and it would be, rather than just being like, oh, I don't have the money, which people say a lot, um, would be to say something like, you know, even though I do trust you, I've lent friends money before, and it hasn't played out well, and now I just have a rule of thumb where I just don't lend money to yeah, That's a p- personal policy. Personal policy, right? Talk about sticking to value. So I considered saying that as well, but I didn't. I didn't go with that one. No, I uh, like that one. And don't mind me. Play. I'm going to let the demanding cat out now because uh, for those of <laughs> you who might be counting, oh, I guess we weren't recording earlier. This is like the third or fourth time that he has demanded. Ugh. Coming in and out tonight. I don't know what's wrong with him. He always knows when you're busy. He does seem to know that. It's true. Bless my client's heart, how used they've gotten to me getting up and getting down in sessions. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, no, There I... was one more thing I thought oh, about real quick, um, okay. and then I'll turn it over to you. Sorry, but um, the, <laughs> the other thing I thought about, I know, I just apologize. I didn't need to. But um, I, I caught myself a little bit because for me, I can be very wordy. And sometimes when I am telling people no, I do over explain. Mm. I do share a lot about why I'm saying no. And that's because I'm not feeling confident in my no. And it almost seemed to catch you off guard a little bit, Kate. I could see it in your body language. Nobody else could. But I stopped myself initially. I gave more detail once you push. Yeah. But I stopped myself initially where I just said, I can't, I don't think I'll be able to help. Yeah. And I stopped. Stopped. You did. I was. So close to going further of being like, I can't help because da 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 da. But I realized I didn't need to say more beyond that. Mm-mm. I just needed to say, no, I'm not in a position to help you. That like that's all I needed to say. I didn't need to give a big explanation without Kate perhaps inquiring or wondering or that kind of a thing. I didn't need to. Mm-hmm. And sometimes with fast. Less is more. We talk about that with Dear Man a lot. Yep. But I think it's also true with fast. Oh, absolutely. Less is more. Though it is interesting, like, I don't know, sometimes I think about you can, like, you could potentially combine things a little bit. Mm-hmm. I imagine you, if you were really trying to do this, but really also trying to help a friend, you'd be like, oh, my gosh, I cannot help you at all with money. Um, but if it would help you at all to come and stay at my place for a few days, like, that's something that we could do. Or something like sort of a negotiation. Sure, I can't Dear loan man. you. <laughs> yeah, I can't loan you 500 bucks, but maybe I can loan you 50, yes. right? I was thinking that to the negotiating piece, but we needed to keep it clean yep. as fast. But that passed through my mind as well of sometimes it's hard to just not say this, a but pure this. No. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, sometimes you might be able to help a little. No, it's so like in my mind when I was doing my thing, I thought about. I thought I have something else to do with that time. I thought was like, oh, that sounds like I'm doing the lying thing. And so I tried to make it more about like the value of work life balance. I don't hope like that came across a little bit. Like as much as I value this, this is not the whole of my life. (laughs) Yeah. And there, there are other things. It's not just, can I work here and then get back to work here? (laughs) 
that's not that's not all my life is. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. I was trying really hard to think of like the values part, especially because I think that sometimes that can get a little lost in fast. Mm-hmm. Like we're thinking of as sticking to our no, but we're not necessarily thinking about what's the underlying value. Like what value yeah, are, are we, we sticking no? to? Right. And so, yeah, yours might be, I have a value of not mixing friendship and money because it goes badly. Like that's, that's the thing. I value my friendships and this to me is a way of valuing our friendship, right? Is not muddying the waters with money or something, right? And mine was trying to be about work-life balance. But again, oftentimes I think we have to practice fast on the fly. So you may not be able to do this, but if it's time when you, you know, if you have time to introspect a little bit, you might feel less guilt or less wishy-washy, less uncertain of yourself if you can dig down and find that value, right? Find what's really at the core behind this boundary or this no that you're saying. Um, That can be really rooting, right? Really, really grounding uh, in what you're trying to accomplish, I think, to be like, oh, I'm not just blowing off a friend, right? I have this If I say yes, I'm out of integrity with myself in some fashion, right? And kind of knowing what that means, what that looks like, just, you know, how you're out of integrity with yourself um, can can help you stay in integrity with yourself. Um, So I think that's worth thinking about. Yeah, I think especially with your example with being asked to work overtime. Sure, somebody could, if they wanted to, set that hard and fast boundary (laughs) hard and fast (laughs) we're talking about fast (laughs) but someone could set that boundary of i will not ever work overtime under any circumstances for any reason i will work my 40 hours and nothing else that's completely fair yes it may also be more nuanced it might be i will not work overtime on certain days of the week Mm -hmm. i will only work say one hour past the end of my shift let's say i'm supposed to get off at five i will only work until six but if i'm asked to work later than that i will not work later than that you know there could be all sorts of intricacies to the boundary that we're setting and that is when it comes down to like you're talking about really nicely kate what's the underlying value Mm -hmm. for you for a lot of people i think when it comes to work and work-life balance, it really does come down to, you know, is this going to interfere with my time with my family or my partner? Is this going to put a strain on the relationships that I have in my life if I've been invited to certain plans and then now I'm canceling because I'm having to work overtime last minute or that kind of a thing. You're such a social creature. I'm just thinking like my self-care. Like that's... Which is totally valid, too, and often so overlooked by employers and the workforce in well, actually, general. Well, actually, you know, we almost, had a, we almost had a situation, I mean, not like you were asking me to do something and I was saying no necessarily, but I think something sort of came up like that earlier when we were maybe going to have to reschedule recording and we were looking at different times. Mm-hmm. If my schedule were a certain way, there might have been a chance for me to do it on Thursday, but then I wouldn't have gotten a break between, you know, seeing my regular clients mm-hmm. and leading DBT group. And I was like, I can't do that. I need that break. Yep. Right. And that was a little itty bitty fast. Like with whom? I don't know. Michelle wasn't be like, no, Kate, work, you know, do the recording then. Uh, but right. That idea of just, you know, finding the value and being like, okay, I might be tempted by what you're asking or even maybe what I'm asking of myself to which, by the way, we talk about give with yourself a lot. You can fast with yourself as well, by the way. Um, <laughs> this is, give is not the only one of the inter, technically interpersonal skills <laughs> that you can do with yourself, right? Because I've, I get tempted to get, to go against my own values for reasons that aren't necessarily other people trying to get me to. Um, and I sometimes have to be like, all right, no, fair, not apologize, <laughs> right? Like the whole thing. And like, no, mm-hmm. no, right? I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with my values here. So I do think that that's, I don't know if I've thought about that before, but yeah, you can totally fast with yourself as well as give. Mm-hmm. Makes good sense. And honestly, I think what you're getting at is that it really is important to introspect and look at this for yourself 
so that when you are telling someone no, you're doing it with confidence and you're clear on what your yeah, why, you know why is. Yep. yep. You know your reason for saying no. And when you are clear about that, then you're going to be able to better articulate it to another person. Yeah. Any uh, last thoughts overarchingly about the episode or anything we were talking about? I don't think so. I just hope that this felt helpful. I, People you know, I write in and be like, hey, get, do, do it in this circumstance or something. I don't know. Requests. Yeah, if we got enough suggestions, we could totally do a follow-up to this episode yep. where we do even more examples if it would be helpful. But I think it's... I'm. <laughs> Let me find words. <laughs> One of the reasons why I like DBT so much is because I think there's more to discover about the skills continually. Oh, yeah. Kay and I have taught the interpersonal effectiveness skills many, many times <laughs> by this point. And there were new things that I realized tonight. Yeah, me too. As we're role-playing these things where I'm like, huh, I've never thought of it like that. Or, oh, that's a new way to look at it. And um, so it's just really interesting to me. And hopefully hearing these examples and getting a taste of how this can look in real life serves serves all of you in feeling more confident mm. in using these things. It's mm -hmm. one thing to understand the skill intellectually it's another thing to actually practice it and i hope that this episode really helps with practicing it yeah i hope so too i will say i mean obviously we're not going to do it this episode because we would have had to think about it a long time ago but now that we're now that we're doing awesome self-promotion and at the beginning mm -hmm. i think we need some other like set thing i don't know what it looks like we need a transition thing because I don't have like a no closing moment, right? Like I just feel, yeah. I, I need a transition thing. So we will have to brainstorm. I think I have an idea. Okay, I'll throw you, it out here in real I was time thinking, like, while we're recording. Favorite thing about the episode or thing that stood out yes, the most? Yes, that's just what I was going to suggest. Yeah, exactly how, you know, we were just acknowledging that we learn new things all the time about the skills. Maybe that's how we should close each episode is each of us saying what our takeaway is or, yeah, what our favorite moment was from the episode, something insightful or new that we thought about, <laughs> we hadn't right. thought about before. Maybe we can do that in the future. Re reflection corner. I don't know. Something, but I can't, I can't, I can't just be <laughs> like, and we're done teaching the skill. Go. That's just too weird for me. <laughs> that is awkward. <laughs> yes, that would be an awkward transition. <laughs> so now that I've basically made talking about the awkward transition the transition um i think we're ready for the closing moment yes yeah. let's do it okay so as per usual just go ahead and get into some sort of comfortable position this can be sitting standing laying down whatever feels good and right in your body today and if you feel safe and comfortable doing so I invite you to go ahead and close your eyes. We're going to start by just tuning into our breath. You don't have to breathe any more slowly or any more deeply than you are naturally. It really is just about paying attention. Focusing in, really noticing and appreciating the rhythms and the sensations of our breath and letting them welcome us into our bodies and into the present moment. So in tonight's episode, we talked about three skills, dear man, mainly used for requesting things, give used to nurture or repair relationships, and fast, used for saying no or setting boundaries. So of those things, I'd like you to go ahead and pick one. Pick one of those three skills, probably the one you struggle with the most. 
as you were listening to Michelle and I talk tonight and do our role plays, what stood out? What do you think? Oof. Yeah. That's hard for me. I want you to pick that one. Whichever one it is. And once you've picked that skill, I'd like you to think of a situation or relationship in your life where you could put it into action. Think of a situation or a person where the skill is needed more in your life. Once you have those in mind, I want you to go ahead and, yeah, imagine using that skill in that situation or with that person in that relationship. Much like when we're doing cope ahead, you're going to go ahead and try and imagine the other person behaving as close to their normal as you can imagine. But you're going to imagine yourself practicing the skill successfully. Checking all the boxes. Just really getting it right. Imagine how that might look. Imagine how that might feel. What emotions might it bring up? What sensations in the body? If you were able to do this, would that impact your sense of self at all? Would it challenge some myths that maybe you have? Whatever the other person does or does not do in your imagination or in the real world, all we can do is our best. And so in this imagined scenario, I don't know if it needs an ending today because we can't know. We can try and game out whether the person is going to say yes to our request, whether they're going to feel nurtured and validated when we practice give or whether someone's going to be gracious in receiving our no or our boundary. All we have control of is ourselves. And so it's worth it to imagine yourself practicing the skill in a way that you can be proud of because that's all you can practice and that's all you can control. And that's all you can do. For now, go ahead and let go of this in your imagination. Let that sensation, let that idea, let that scenario fade from your mind. Maybe do some stretches or deep breaths to come back into your body and into the room. Whenever you feel ready, you can go ahead and open your eyes. Thanks so much, everyone. Thanks, everybody. To learn more about us and the DBT skills we're teaching each week, join our Facebook group. Simply log in to your Facebook profile and search for DBT and Me Podcast.